0: The Dose of Fat, show number 146. It's June 2019.
1: Welcome to the Dose of Fat podcast, where racing and beer try to peacefully coexist with fun. Here's your host, Leah and Gomez. Hi, it's good to be back. And fat.
0: Hola, amigos. It's your tio Gomez. Today's over, show. Oh, hey, wait a second. Stepping on my buster. Intro. Yeah. Hola and intro spinner. <laughs> <laughs> over no, there, read. Over there, a microphone three or two. One of these microphones is our color guy, the spinner Ryerson.
2: Hi.
1: Okay, Leah, you can talk now.
3: Today's show <coughs> is brought to you by Portland Designed Works. Check them out at ridepdw.com. Let's take a break, and when we come back, it's Mike Repyak <laughs> from the International House of Fat Bikes or something.
1: You're about to get checked by the Ice Queen on Fat Bike Radio Network.
3: So I heard you need a fat bike. Come to Zion Cyclery in Zion, Illinois.
2: We have all brands, Trek, Borealis, Salsa, Felt, Surly, and more. Yeah, we have all the cold water gears by 45 North and Bontrigger. Keep those fingers and toes nice and
4: toasty.
3: We fix bikes also, so you have any problem, brakes, gears, suspension. We have the best mechanics in town. So
0: yeah, visit us at sciencecycrow.com. You're tuned, you're tuned to Fat Bike Fat
1: Radio. Radio. We're back with another of my fabulous guests, Mr. Mike Repyak. Hey, guys. Hey, <laughs> Mike, how are you?
4: Awesome. Doing great. Good to be here with you guys. See? I told you. So we... you're here. You I survived, you survived we... <laughs> the Battle of Camrock. <laughs> I did. I came out of retirement. I haven't raced in about 10 years, and it's hurting a little bit. But I also had a couple of beers while I was racing, and maybe a couple beforehand too. So and it, it may helped some me after? go faster. No, yeah. no, no, none after. Did and you I get the beer
3: I... handoffs from Spinners Operation? No, no,
1: no, no. I only brought enough for me. Were had... you
3: cycling around the course?
1: No, that was that. That was the course marshal at that corner uh, for all the people that come in too fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At uh, yeah, I only had a few PBRs, and I gave one away.
3: Pull pull people off if they didn't make that corner.
1: There's a few. Um over, I had my big fat hit dummy, a so little bit. I just loaded it up, and I had my floor pump. There's a few people that borrowed my floor pump. That might be illegal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's oh, gets to know. Is it self-supported? Is that a rule? No, I don't, don't know. think so.
3: You can only uh, get help from other racers.
1: Oh. I'm yeah. not a racist, oh. so that was a cheating. Oh.
4: <laughs> Cheaters! It was <laughs> a good day, though, out there. A lot of 900-plus racers. 900-plus wow. racers. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And the trails
0: at Camrock are just fabulous. I know that you're probably, you know the people that, that do that stuff. So, you yeah, know, yeah. give them a hearty handshake from Absolutely. from the folks here at the
4: Dose of Head podcast. For sure. Uh, Dave Reese and the mayor and others. And- I saw
0: Dave. Uh, we, the wife and I rode last night. So nice. we saw Dave out there.
4: He is the hardest working
3: guy. Mm-hmm. I was there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every time I was there,
0: you know he who was working you? on the course. I saw out there, a little shout out to Charlie Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. He was out he, there last night he helping tear down. Outside. Who is that? I have no. He's a guy.
1: Those are two very named named regular names. Charlie Charlie and Johnson. Johnson.
2: <laughs> it's not like a rep, yeah. was like
1: You know there's what? Only one.
0: You know what though? <laughs> or his <Schneeber>. son. His <laughs> freaking name, Odin. Ooh. So okay.
1: Odin so, Johnson. Yeah. Okay.
0: We're we're not here to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Mythology (laughs) and, and what is it, Swiss gods? What? Norse gods. Norse gods, sorry. Swiss. Salted. (laughs) Swiss?
3: Swiss? Do they even (laughs) have gods?
0: Sweetest fish. You know, kids in Switzerland know five languages, and one of them is Flemish. So, fun facts about languages. (laughs) But later, we're going to talk to Mike Repiak from IMBA. So, I have a probing question for you. Mm -hmm. What is your official title? With the folks at Imba,
4: I am the director of planning and design for Imba Trail Solutions. Imba Trail
0: Solutions. So, and director. Yeah,
4: I yeah. made, made my so way I'm up.
1: Weird, weird, question. Quick, mm-hmm. so before we get into the real.
0: You thing. want to? You want to ask a weird question right away? You. Oh. Oh well. That, no, that that was that's comedy oh, just okay. for us. Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> So
1: we'll jump into real stuff. So director, so um, we talked a little bit, I saw actually on LinkedIn that there's, um, you're, you're hiring. We for are. Trail Solutions specifically. And yep. You said there's interviews going on this week?
4: This week. Uh, yeah. We are hiring three positions in Trail Solutions, a senior project manager, a Trail Solutions planner, and a construction manager. So we have a lot of work going on right now. I think we have 60 active jobs wow. currently under contract.
1: Active, active, like shovels in the ground. Going
4: um, from visioning all the way through construction, okay. education, and maintenance operations. Are you looking for someone just to vision?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to a vision? <laughs>
4: because I get a vision now and again. No. A vision. I take <laughs> Collins. You can just call no.
0: him. <laughs> <Here you go. laughs> I'm having a vision, Mike.
4: <laughs> It'd be a lot about gnomes and whatnot, yeah. but you know, yeah. But we have uh, a few project managers who manage planning and design projects. we got construction leads who are leading our construction projects. Mm -hmm. We have a couple planners, and we got a lot of builders, too. So we have about 20 people on staff right now, most of which are in the field as builders. And then we have two directors. So I'm the director of planning and design, and then we have a director of construction operations. Wow. Yeah.
1: And all the projects... Is it international mountain bike projects, or are we talking U.S.?
4: Um, Right now, the I and IMBA is a few projects here and there, not as much as it was in the past. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we've downsized a bit over the years, we're focused on projects within the U.S., but uh, we just had a trail build school in Tuscany about a month ago. Wow. And we had a contingency from Norway come over for our trails lab in Bentonville about a month ago. Oh,
0: yeah. Two
4: months ago. um, Eight folks coming over from there. Well, we just in case in we
0: past. conquer any new lands. Yes. You know, we can, well, if we can depend on you to build some trails <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Those Vikings are
1: coming over here and conquering. Don't worry about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so what is in Betrayal Solutions? Are you are you like, are you the big dog of trail building? Are you the Are you the,
4: like, I guess the... The largest trail builder in the nation? We're not the largest. Largest. Um, Aaron Rodgers of Rock Solid is one wow. of the largest. Hmm. Okay. He's, he's grown quite a bit over the past few years. He's an alumni of Trail Solutions. Mm-hmm. Cool. And he, I think, is around 45 people right now. And wow. His whole crew has mobilized from Arkansas up to uh, the north now. So going to be doing a lot of work in Minnesota and Copper Harbor and Michigan and Wisconsin cool. too. But uh, we, at 20 people, we're amongst the, the top few in the industry. It's still a small industry. Um, professional trail building industry came out of the late '90s as people realizing trails need to be built in a sustainable manner, and uh, trail solutions grew out of the Trail Care program. So Trail Care crew, you might have remembered back when uh, oh, sure. the Imba Imbarus would be driving around the Subaru sponsored. Hey Imbas. man,
0: right. I I was like a like a real in person, not just Facebook friend of Scott and Rita. Yep, Frygren. Mm-hmm. So you know the two kids at the table just looked at me like I'd like I just landed on Earth, with <laughs> antenna. I remember that car. I've been to a few
1: places. Where <laughs> that car has been. They had the automobile for a while. I didn't remember their names.
0: <laughs> and I know that Inbetrail Solutions has been involved in more recent years. And they they designed the new upgrade at Emma Carlin at Kettle. Yep. They came and and did all the planning, planning and design. And Richard then,
4: Edwards, my co-director. Oh, right uh, on. Did that work? Yep. Cool. Yep. But trail Solutions came out of Trail Care Crew, which was this husband and wife, boyfriend girlfriend, couple that was out every weekend teaching people about sustainable trail design and construction for a two-year period, and that started in the late 90s all the way through, I believe, about 2014, 2015, and out of that knowledge that everybody was gaining through those sessions, we started developing curriculum on education, but then taking the methods and employing them in a consulting role. So at Trail Solutions, we are a fee-for-service consulting program within IMBA, and the revenue that we generate supports the overall nonprofit. So we're doing consulting work on visioning trail plans, design, master plans, construction, maintenance, and operations plans.
3: Where are some of your uh, projects
4: this year? Currently, right now, we just finished up a NICA-specific design and construction down in Anniston, Alabama, meant to be their state championship course, which they'll probably run a state championship next year. They're going to do some local races first.
0: Now, when you design a course for NICA, do you have recharging stations for their
4: iPhones <laughs> in certain spots at the, at the course? Or uh, or is there Wi-Fi? Those are very key, but not part of our design criteria. <laughs> those
3: should be added to those little uh, bike uh, fixer upper stations.
0: There you go, the SARS <laughs> crack. Oh. Yeah, solar panels yeah. and charging station. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. go. Maybe you know, and yeah, I, I would think that we could combine real riding with virtual riding in some sort of video game to get to, to get those kids involved.
4: Yeah, might happen. All right, but the key, not the
0: in solutions. Nope, nope. <laughs> see, and that's where I say, oh, here comes know, one of his visions. I can, <laughs> I could be your vision. Oh, guy. I
3: like it. Oh, Gomez good. vision.
0: <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna need a big screen TV
4: <laughs> that will hover along. There you, go. there you go. Well, the key to those designs are um, balancing passing zones with single track. Gotcha. And NICA does have some standards for venues on space available. How long to start? Should be how long the finish chute should be and grades so that they spread kids out as they're going out and they get into single track and they alternate between passing zones and get in the single track. And they want a certain amount of time for each lap and a certain amount of vertical for each lap, too. So it's fun to design. You almost design more, though, for the spectator during events than you do for the racer because spectators outnumber the racers. So managing that visitation is pretty oh, huge.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. So Interesting. Yeah, a lot of parents and want to see where the kids are going. That's always been a big thing because you're in the woods. Exactly. Building,
4: so start mm-hmm, building finish,
1: football
0: it. stadiums that are mountain bike trails. Like, think about how many football stadiums you see as you drive around America, kids. You're going to see mountain oh. bike trails like that. Oh. There's
1: only 34. But
4: wow. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just. Well, the high school I, I sports <laughs> studs now are mountain bikers. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's Pretty cool. exciting. So that's one of the projects we just wrapped up. We're also uh, gonna be building Deep Creek, Maryland, State Park there. That has some really awesome rocky, technical, gnarly trail.
1: That's all over the place. Yeah, what? yeah,
4: we're all over. We got projects in Utah, Pacific Northwest, Colorado. We just got a signed contract for doing some training and build at Rapo Basin Ski Area. What, that's what, if it uh, stops snowing up there.
0: In, uh, in still the still snowing now area that I like to call the <laughs> Great Lakes. Since you know that's my name. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, anything here yeah absolutely you know? so locally here around madison we're supporting corp with uh the blue mound master plan update that they're doing right on they're going back into that planning process
3: can you tell me about this i want blue mounds to be
0: oh it's We've, like it can be please, so good please like put trails make that it available in there yes, yes. <laughs> we're trying we're trying trails that are actually Fun. Oh, hey, yeah, Holy Scott Christ. and Rita. If you're out there listening, <laughs>
4: those are the two mm-hmm. that. Did there's so
3: much cracked, potential. Tons like potential. Please, crack that
4: something open. happened out there. Delayed due to some litigation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Are fighting Is it the snowmobilers? <laughs> <laughs> Can't be announcing. <laughs> oh, there's been a couple meetings. I go to the meetings. Yeah. Those meetings.
4: So there was a recent meeting in March, I believe it was the for DNR the DNR meeting. DNR public yeah. input there. Meeting with stakeholders, so we actually had a meeting with, we, we called a meeting with them as a corp um, last week, we talked mm-hmm. about what corp would like to see for trails out there, and having me involved, and I used to work for the DNR for a couple of years as a trails coordinator, so understanding the process a little bit helps as a consultant on the other because side. Because
3: that place has the potential to be yeah. a huge destination. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
4: Absolutely, the terrain there is great. It is amazing. We're just kind of stuck with some legacy trails there that need to be um, rerouted and some additional uh, development there. So hopefully some exciting stuff there. But we're also working up in Lacrosse. Crosse. Uh, that's one of our Trail Accelerator grant awardees. Uh, I can talk about TAG a little bit, but uh, we just finished up designing seven miles of trails in Lacrosse around Granddad Bluff, where there's no trails right now other than some social trails here and there right. relatively close to hickson so it would be connected to the upper hickson forest and the lower hickson forest. nice that place
1: yeah. is overdue for some nice mountain bike trails absolutely and there's a lot of good riders up there but yeah they don't have a lot
4: they don't have a lot not a lot um, of choices no no but rock solid has been there building trails they started last year they're going back in and building some more this year and they will be connected to the stuff we're doing at granddad so that's really cool
0: traditionally a like like a a hotbed for Wisconsin mountain biking from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blueberry Springs campground, that race. Uh, so, yeah, way to go. Yeah. So why don't we talk about, you had brought up the Trail Accelerator Grants, but let's, let's talk about the success of some of your recent programs and start with Trail Accelerator Grants.
4: Yeah, um, so TAG, as we call it, is a program where we have matching funds available for groups to apply for planning and design services. Uh, so a group could come with ten thousand dollars, we'll match it with another ten, and they'll get twenty thousand dollars worth of services. I like the way you would do that math. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I try to keep it simple for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we started those awards uh, last fall, and we awarded three last fall. Um, Lacrosse being one of them, doing planning and design for them. One in uh, southwestern Arkansas, the uh, Queen Lake, which is a Army Corps Engineer property, and we've planned around 40 miles of trails down there. And another one is near Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, very much a gravity-oriented downhill free ride site. It has some awesome rocks. You talk about Blue Mountain it has cool rocks. The pictures from Chattanooga there is really cool. So that's our first three, and we just awarded four, which includes one here in Madison. All right. So I uh, recused myself from scoring it and voting on it since I was, I'm was i a local, but um, <laughs> we are going to be doing a feasibility study of all 6,000 acres that the city of Madison has as public lands. Awesome. So Trying to connect. We're looking at connectivity, we're looking at pocket parks, we're looking at trail systems. Pocket and parks.
1: Po- a, okay, I know, I, I just by the name I know what that is, but mm-hmm. that's that's Pocket really cool. bike park. So yeah.
4: where can we drop a pump track or a skills development loop alongside the awesome hard surface trail networks that we have throughout Madison. Because we don't have much cool. for natural surface in town. Right. So let's make that happen. And uh, Corey Stelges from uh, yep. City Mass Masson Parks. Nobody and likes
1: that guy. Yeah. Former, <laughs> <kind> of, oh <laughs> Former
4: guest of the show. Yes. I think he was
0: on The He's Danger Dome. The Danger Dome, danger yeah.
4: that's right. Yep. But yeah. uh been working with him. He's really the champion within the city there to get this rolling along Very with cool. Corp. Dan Dacco at Corp did some great uh, initial legwork at looking at what's possible in Madison. So we're taking that work along with uh, Corey going down to our trails labs in Bentonville, learning about what it takes to vision through construction of Projects So, that's Madison. Uh, we're doing a bike park design in Omaha, Nebraska. And then we have two other projects down in Tennessee. Tennessee is kind of the next arms race in trail development.
0: Omaha, Nebraska, the epicenter of Arbor Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's another... Fun fact. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is like, going to call that Gomez fact. I
1: don't think there's any fact. There's no Gomez fact Vision checking.
4: facts. Uh,
1: so these areas that you're mentioning. So this is not uh, Imba specific clubs, right? So anybody. Nope. Just, so even though you're in, you're associated with Imba, you don't need to be an Imba member. Absolutely or not. Chapter to get your services.
4: Absolutely not. Okay. Um, that may have been the case in past years, but uh, hasn't been for a while now. So uh, Trail Accelerated Grants are really open for communities state organizations and other nonprofits to apply for, and we actually don't allow IMBA chapters to apply for it. Oh, wow. Because we want to have the land managers heavily involved in the process. Okay. So there could be groups that would come in that don't have a relationship with the land manager asking for funds for planning and design, but we won't fund that because we want to see a project that is closer to implementation. How are you raising the funds to donate? Um We have a development um Staff in IMBA who are out there getting dollars from individual donations to larger industry donations. Uh, The Walton Family Foundation is a large uh, supporter of IMBA. So um, many of the dollars for our first trail accelerator grants was coming from the Walton Family Foundation. And it was geo-fenced to the central states where it wasn't open to the coasts at all. But our next round that we're doing, we are now opening it up coast to coast because we're getting other dollars in for that bake sales,
0: Um, meat raffles, (laughs) 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 gnome underground, gnome criminal underground. Well, that's where
3: getting the youth involved is so important is because now once you have someone's kids involved, now they want to donate money because Mm -hmm. they want their kids to have
0: the best. Oh yeah.
3: I mean, it, any kind of sport, you get the kids in, and now all of a sudden money's going to flow that way.
0: Absolutely. Finally, it's, it's really like a coming of age for mountain biking in that we have the second generation mm-hmm. of mountain bikers
4: that are racing right now. Yeah. we are not just being born. Our next trail stewards are kids that are racing right now. Our next trail professionals are racing right now. Because mm-hmm. when we're out doing some training or work with kids, they're like, how did you get into the industry? Like, oh, I was a rider, but I got into landscape architecture and planning, worked in the ski industry for 15 years, and... and I got
0: got, kicked in the head
1: by a draft horse. (laughs) (laughs) There seems to be a big transition from the skiers to the mountain bikers. Um, Well, and our next guest, we're going to talk about that, too. But uh, was that a natural progression? Is that just how people work?
4: (laughs) Well, it's a really niche industry as a professional, so I kind of made my path as I went... Along being a rider and a skier from a young age and always wanted to be working in some manner in the ski industry. And that then turned into doing four-season recreation planning in the ski industry around the world. And uh, my wife and I wanted to move back to Wisconsin. We were living in Breckenridge. And uh, coming back here, worked for the DNR for a couple years, and the opportunity for Imba came up, and it's been a great fit. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So talk to us about Trail Labs.
4: Are there anything like meth labs? Mm, very different. <laughs> Gomez is out. Yeah. <laughs> oh. for your potty break. No. <laughs> i out. Go take your pills. No, oh, no, that was just comedy, kids. <laughs> and
1: we're laughing. Good job. Okay. It worked. It worked.
4: <laughs> so Trail Labs, uh, we host three of them a year USM. down in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, where we invite mayors of cities, uh, members of economic development committees, uh, tourism boards, folks that don't necessarily live and breathe mountain biking like all of us do, and they want to learn about what it takes to envision a project, fundraise for a project, plan, design, activate and promote, and even measure the success of it. So uh, we do a two and a half day workshop in Bentonville where the mornings were in classroom setting, listening to me talk a lot with a few others talking a lot, and then we go out in the field and look at all the great trails around Bentonville. uh, So people can see what can happen on public lands. Because when you show videos of mountain bikers to a mayor, their head may explode on, oh my God, we're going to put that on our public lands? Mm. People are (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) die. So we go out to Kohler Creek and Gary Vernon, who is uh, our main contact at the Walton Family Foundation, awesome guy, amazing rider, he goes out and rides, drop the hammer and rolls up and then talks to everybody about the development of Kohler Creek for an hour or so. And we go look at the bicycle playground in Bentonville and we go out into Bella Vista and look at a concrete pump track and progressive bike ramps playground. So it's uh, awesome to see the light bulbs go off or even explode above people's heads as we're talking about this stuff. And like, we wow, this is doable. This is doable. And we talk about the benefits of trails, uh, economic impact, the health and wellness community building. Uh, it hits so many marks for uh, improving your community and doing that community connectivity um, it's pretty exciting, and we have already had Trails Lab attendees from last year building trails right now. You, too, <clears throat> could have a highly sophisticated
0: <laughs> bike theft ring in your city. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Crime is wrong. So, this is,
1: so it's not just like a folding table out in the woods next to a bunch of pickup trucks with tailgates down nope. and some... Pizza boxes and Gatorade cups. That's not what's
4: going on here. No, you have no. This that, is... Guys in suits. Yeah. Guys in suits. No suits. You wear a suit? No, heck no, man. Last uh, time I wore a suit. The elbow pads? Nope. No? Nothing? Nope. Okay. no, nothing like that. We're pretty casual. <laughs> okay. Um, no official
0: looking jumpsuit or... We
4: might get a couple <laughs> sport coats with some of the mayors that show up at the beginning, but day two, they're shorts and <laughs> t-shirts. Um, but it's, it's pretty awesome. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well... <laughs>
3: Okay, it's been put on me that I have to ask about the clunky butt sauce.
1: We ask about everything else. I think that's
4: that's probably Gomez vision. I really don't even know what that's about. That's a, what is that guys, about? Do you guys know
0: uh, bicycle pubes? That's a uh, that's a that's a bicycle pubes term. Clunky butt sauce. If a bike has like clunker handlebars, it has clunky butt sauce. <laughs> So are you into uh, the, the now? now, now are you know. into the retro clunker mu- movement? Still, are you?
3: Where the hell is he uh, going today? What, what, seriously, he was in the basement
0: too long this morning. What's what special <laughs> bike fetishes do you have? Like what's your what like? Oh, if you, bike if you had to put yourself into you know a nutshell, what kind of riding and what kind of rider is Mike Rapiak?
4: Mm. Ten years ago, I would have said cross country racer, cross country. Focused, but mm-hmm. after riding bike optimized trails and riding some big rigs, I really enjoy enjoy the free riding.
0: So, so you're all like huckalicious. Uh, well, I like,
4: don't do that much anymore because I put myself in the ER three times over the past yeah. year. Yeah. So, um, One
0: year,
1: yeah. Ooh,
4: yeah. okay. Two were for free riding. One was for just taking in the landscape and fell and off a cliff. So it all happened. You ever thought about being a fro rider and getting mm. the, the permanent, the red perm? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> My dad rocked that in the eighties, but I'm not gonna All try right. it now. Power to the people! I, I, I think I like your dad already. If you had the big or red fro, man, Ooh, I've seen that, but I don't think it would work on me very well. That's it's, Norwegians it's, don't need big red fro.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a disturbing, it's a disturbing reality when you realize that you're just like your dad. <laughs> Everybody gets it, and, you know, uh, yeah. some people yeah. handle it better than others. That's what Gomez's kids say.
1: But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> please, please. <laughs> you're a, oh, my God. Are you a
4: certified drone pilot <laughs> and a craft brewer? Uh, Drone pilot, occasional craft brewer, like drinking it more than I brew it. Yeah, um, that's always a
1: problem when yeah, you're doing
4: that. Yeah, absolutely. But I really enjoy photography and video- videography. Um, out at the battle this weekend and got some great footage and photos and Get some sick edits coming, bro.
1: And you got to see Leia. It wasn't just a blur on the screen. There was yep. actually a.
4: The drone barely the kept up with her.
1: Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> she was, what, 50 yards ahead of the pack when she hit the top of the hill?
1: Yeah. Did you hear me say you look really good today? You <laughs> 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 Did you hear you really that? Your face changed drastically from your first lap to your third. <laughs> but
4: anyways. No way, man. I, I look good the whole way. <laughs> okay. I was Keith, feeling good. You were on Team Butter Run. Team Butter Run, yeah, um, that's kind of the group of Thursday night riders that we have out of Camarock. Um, we get together and ride year round on Thursday nights. They were all out there last night on Monday night too. Yeah, everybody was out because it's buff conditions after nine hundred. Yeah, 900 yeah it's the best, best conditions ever. Yeah, yeah, and and folks are out there helping clean up too. But uh, Butter Run came about this past year. It was year two of a February trip up north to ride the fat bikes and. Uh, There was a stop at a bar, and the mayor pulled out a stick of butter. (laughs) Let your imagination go from there. But uh, since then, um, Team Butter Run showed up. Actually, that term came up a couple weeks ago, and we got T-shirts made right away. So we had Butter Run T-shirts. Yeah. So
0: is it Butter Run with an N or Butter Rum with an M? N. and, and like, like a beer run, but beer run, butter. butter, butter run. Yep. yep. So was, were you making hot buttered rum drinks, or no? Or but there was Tito's, Tito's milk
4: <laughs> and a garnish of butter for Chuck up in Marquette back in February. Because I'm going all sexual with this. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting real weird, way. man. <laughs> getting weird. I'm gonna slide over. You slide over. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. So uh, team butter run will make another annual trip up north and never know what happens.
0: We might have a different name next year.
4: Might we might have her. better t-shirts next year.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fun
4: fact about
0: butter in Wisconsin. You have to sell Wisconsin butter in Wisconsin. You can't buy that Irish butter here. Uh-huh. Take it to Ireland. I think he mm. told that That's on, crazy. The last show. Was on the show. It was on the news. Oh, is that what it was? That's real, man. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's illegal to sell butter-colored margarine in Minnesota because you don't want to fool the people into thinking they're actually buying yeah. butter. You got to make it yell.er Yeah, uh, the yeah.
0: margarine. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> all right. Well, any other any other things we want to cover? You know, anybody want to bring up the <laughs> the last bit of comedy that I wrote? in here?
1: <laughs> That's all you wrote today was comedy, but gnomes and home <laughs> husbandry.
4: Huh? How that do you feel know. about trail gnomes? Trail gnomes. Um, I like them. I know a lot of people don't. But Why wouldn't somebody like?
3: Why would someone not like a trail gnome?
0: Well, you know, it all depends on your on your land manager's uh, viewpoint of fantasy woodland creatures. Yeah, you, you know, know
4: some God. of them are like that. Ain't real. That ain't science. <laughs> some people think it's kitschy. <laughs> yeah, we came across one randomly in Winona last. A couple yeah. weeks ago, we were scouting a potential project in Own and came around a corner and hollowed out log, and there was a gnome and a couple uh, Game of Thrones figurines.
3: Those make me so happy totally. when I run into them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. They're not doing, like, hammer nutrition hand-ups or <laughs> 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 anything. Be... As it long as they, they got little of a packets a of sugar hidden up.
0: behind them. Yeah, yeah that's their there. Hammer gnomes. <laughs> <game. laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, we we got to get that. Call, gotta, call Mark. We, tell we tell get that. Need a new flavor. Hammer gnome, Hammer
1: gnome patented. He's listening.
0: Yeah,
3: he'll bring it in.
0: Dr. Mark, how's it going? Make it another happen. shout out. Our second shout out of show one forty six. Dr. Mark Barrett. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Call us. Our third it's listener like our Friday.
3: <laughs> well, hey Mike, it's been just a slice of heaven having you on the show. So thank you, thank you, you
4: much. so much yep. for being on with us. You're welcome. Slice of <laughs> it's been a slice of butter. It's been a slice of butter. Slice of butter.
1: We'll be right back with the fat bike superstar Taslina Mannix right after a delightful musical interlude.
3: Welcome back to the Dose of Fat Podcast, where ladies will now take control of the program because we are super stoked to introduce straight out of Talkeetna, Alaska, Mrs. Taslina Mannix. How you doing? Good.
5: How are you?
3: We're doing good. We're super excited to interview you today because you are a badass.
0: Hi, Taslina. It's Gomez. Say hi, Spinner. Hi Gomez. <laughs> hi,
1: Spinner. No. Hi, <laughs> Taslina. You know.
3: So, um, hey, why don't you uh, start by telling us a little bit about yourself? You kind of had a different kind of upbringing.
1: While well, we start, let's do it with the, t- the TV show, Mannix. Yeah. Or do you think I should uh, ask
0: about Mannix? I think you should ask about I Manix. thought that was like like such a typical old guy question. Like that, You probably have every guy, every every person that's over 48 years old is like, Hey, Tazzly, none. You ever watch Joe Mannix? He never, <laughs> he never started his car without squealing the tires. <laughs> but yeah, it's I,
5: horrible. I haven't seen it.
0: I, it it was it was a it was a thing back in the nineteen sixties. And we talked a little bit before we got on. Why haven't you seen it?
5: <laughs> I haven't seen the TV show Mannix because I grew up in a little cabin in the woods uh, without electricity, and we didn't have a television, so. I'm, uh, I don't have some of those, like, pop culture. I don't even know if that would count as pop culture, but like references to those things, because I kind of had a unique childhood. I played outside a lot and picked a lot of berries. Um, and I haven't seen the TV show any. but I probably should watch it this evening because now I'm a little embarrassed.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch it too. I've never heard of it. So. Well,
0: and the, the fact that that it was probably a TV show uh, on network television, probably I don't know, 30 years before you were born, way before our time, girl. <laughs> so. sometimes
3: we have to let the old guys just talk amongst yeah. themselves. Was it
0: black and
1: white when you watched TV? I yeah. was color, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: So um, tell me this, like, how did kids living where you live get to school?
5: Yeah, good question. So um, I we lived about a mile off the road system, so um, and that was kind of common for our neighborhood. And they use the word neighborhood kind of loosely because it wasn't really neighborhood like most people uh, experience. But we all kind of congregated a bus stop, but we all like walked. I crossed a um, uh, when there was snow on the ground, um, and. I guess I biked sometimes too. I had a neighbor who dog mushed um, and tied her dog up at the bus stop. Um, <sighs> so we kind of um, used all different modes of transportation to get to the bus stop and then took the bus to school.
0: So as as a little girl, you're you're there in winter and it's, it's dark when you go to school. It's dark when you come home and you're skiing by yourself in the woods. Aren't you afraid of the Big Bad Wolf?
5: Yeah, you know, um, it's kind of funny because I, well, my dad, I guess when I was super young, when I was like, in kindergarten, um, would ski with me to the bus stop. Um, my mom sometimes, too. She's a teacher, so she'd usually go before me. Um, and then when I got older, I'd go on my own. And I I wasn't really afraid of that because that was kind of what I knew, you know, being out in the woods was just totally common for us. Um, and I didn't really have ever have any problems. I never ran into a bear. A um, couple times I had to, like, deviate from the trail to get home from school because uh, of was a moose. But it's not something that scared me because it was just so normal,
0: yeah, those moose are like ninjas, they like kick out with yeah. those, with those hooves, and
5: yeah, they're scary Whoa. and yep. they like trails, especially when the snow is deep, so it's something definitely i'm I'm actually more surprised my parents weren't concerned about it. they didn't seem to be worried about me, so I wasn't worried about myself. They knew you were a badass. From a young age. I don't know.
0: <laughs> they knew something because they gave you such a badass name. That's what I thought. They were like, this is the child that will grow to be a national champion of badassness. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, speaking
3: different. speaking of that, tell us how you got involved in uh, competing into the, um, <clears throat> the skiing.
5: Yeah, so... Um I, I, mean, I really, the kind of entry into sports of all kinds was living off the road because, um, you know, you used your body to get where you wanted to go instead of being going in a car. So, um, I got really into, like, I walked a lot, I got into running and I got into cross country skiing and I skied, um, all over the place for transportation. Um, and so that lifestyle just kind of led to, um, racing and, and training for ski racing. Um, and I, um, so I ski-raced when I was in elementary school and did junior Nordic, and then I raced um, in middle school and high school and for, um, Team Alaska at Junior Nationals and then um, eventually went on to ski race professionally um, after high school. And so it was just kind of a lifestyle, and I really developed a love for it. Um, did, and, did
3: you ever uh, I, race against Katerina Nash? You
5: know, so she... She's older. Than She's me. a little older. Um, okay. Yeah. Um and a super amazing athlete. I don't really think I have a race directly um against her. But um I certainly know who she is. And then Marcus Nash, her husband, um was on the USC team before I was. Um but I I don't actually know him because we didn't really overlap, but I know who he is.
0: And I see that you have quite a resume of of cross country ski accomplishments. Uh, second place in the Birkenbein, yeah, and, the Birkin. and uh, eighth and ninth place in world championships in under twenty three. So those are you. You are uh, what I would call an elite athlete. You're like one of those one of those people that can make oxygen into energy, really <laughs> efficiency, really efficiently.
5: Well, I'm I'm currently retired though. I I quit professionally racing in 2010. So now I'm just. Doing it for fun and and I don't know. I still love to to exercise and to race.
3: So, what got you like. into the fat biking and the mountain biking?
5: So, you know, I was kind of burned out on ski racing. Um, it's a pretty intense lifestyle. Your life just centers around um, skiing, which it makes sense if you're doing it at the professional level. But by the time I quit racing, I was getting sick a lot and um, just like mentally ready for something different. Um, and so, it was kind of funny actually. When I decided to um, to, leave, to retire from professional ski racing, um, I just, like, decided I wanted to bike. And um, it was funny because I actually really didn't like biking when I was skiing, when I was training for skiing. I was terrible. And a couple times I was injured and had to bike instead of run or roller ski. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. <laughs> and so my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, um, when I told him I wanted to go bike Johnson Pass, like, two weeks after I quit training for sea racing he looked at me like I was crazy um but I was just ready for a new challenge and I still like to exercise I just wanted to do something different and learn something new and so um I was a pretty bad biker but it was just when I first started it was just really fun to to try something new and have a new challenge and um so I started mountain biking a little bit um still not a super great mountain biker um but then um we're we're friends with uh Greg Macias at Speedway Cycles and um, he created fat back bikes and um, he got us kind of, well, he got my husband at first interested in fat biking and um, it wasn't long before we bought our first fat bikes. And I, I guess the rest is just like, we, we love it. And we just have done more and more races and gone more and more cool places on bikes, especially fat bikes.
0: And you're relatively new. One of the things that when, when I learned about your success is, uh, it reminded me of the same way that Leia two years ago kind of came on the scene and started winning all these big races, and she came out of out of what I thought nowhere, and and that's kind of the same. Like I hadn't heard of you before; uh, it was always uh, Heather Best and 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 other ladies who were who were winning the big races up there, and you came out and won. The Little Sue and the Talkeetna trio, right, in 2018?
5: In yeah, I, um, I've kind of done the trio for a while because it's in my hometown. And so this is a really fun way to see trails and to go back home and do, th- do something at home. And, um, and so I've been doing the trio for a while. I did the first trio, actually, which is a really soft year and it was so challenging and I knew nothing about tire pressure. And uh, I look back at that and kind of just chuckle. Um, but then, yeah, <laughs> been I'm there, be <laughs> yeah, right, doing longer distances. And so, last year, the trio, um, the 2018 trio was my longest fat bike race, it was a 60 mile race, mm-hmm. and um, it was a really big turning point actually in fat biking for me and racing. I got a lot of confidence from that race. Um, my husband had just done the ITI to McGrath for the first time, mm-hmm. and Um, he was really tired and he was racing and I was racing and I rode with him for a while. And I think he believed more in me than I believed in myself in terms of like my ability to ride hard and ride with, um, kind of the lead men. And, um, so he, he kind of encouraged me to take risks in that race. And I went from being like way far back to just like picking off groups of people. And then, um, together we kind of blew apart this pack of men um, he was like, just go for it, just go around them. And um, I was just bonking in the bike is like the worst bonk. It's way worse than skiing, I think. And so I, I was kind of afraid of it. And um, so that race was, I think, a turning point for me in longer distance fat bike racing. Um, and then I went on to do some 100 milers this year, which was really fun.
3: Tell us about the White Mountains 100.
5: The White Mountains 100 is an amazing race. I had no idea how incredible the scenery is up there and the terrain. It's, it's just, I, I can't believe that I've lived in Alaska my whole life and haven't experienced the White Mountains until this year. Um, so I, after doing the trio last year, I knew I wanted to kind of go for something bigger, do the 100-mile distance, and I was really intrigued by the White Mountains. But it's a really hard race to get into. I think they cap it at like 100 people. And so it's kind of known for having the wait list. And um, anyway, so I decided when registration opened up just to put my name into the lottery. Um, and my husband did the same. And we were both on the wait list. And I was in a really bad spot on the wait list. I was like stiff from the bottom or something like that. Um, but I'd heard that if you just show up there, you might be able to get a spot in the race. So my husband um, was offered a spot off the wait list before um, the White Mountains weekend. And then um, we drove up there and I was hoping to get in. And um, I heard, um, actually, we were in Talkeetna en route to Fairbanks. And, um, and Greg at Speedway Cycle and Fatback Bikes had a spot, um, had a sponsored oh, cool. rider spot open up. Um, the rider couldn't make it. And so he offered it to me which was super lucky because I don't think I would have gotten in otherwise. So it just, like, was very, very nice of him. So um, the race was amazing. It, we had great conditions. I've heard that it can be really soft. And this year we had really firm conditions. Um, I think it was kind of a, a record-setting year. There haven't been that many that have been that that firm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, How long did it take um, you?
5: It took me nine hours and, like, 41 minutes, I believe.
3: Okay, um, so what about, like— like food and nutrition and not freezing
0: i mean how did you there's four checkpoints on that course i think or three checkpoints on that course
5: um i think there are there's like 20 40 60 and 80 i think there's every 20 miles there's a a checkpoint or thereabouts um so it's kind of crazy because um, fairbanks can be really cold and it but it is in late march and there's a lot of daylight and it was really warm like unseasonably warm um i think the temperature is almost if they didn't get into the 50s, they were really close. So really warm. Okay. Uh, almost too warm. I mean, I'm an Alaskan. I, I prefer, like, I don't know, 20 degrees is pretty great, I think, <laughs> even teens. Um, so um, it was. I was kind of concerned about the heat. I ended up riding in just, like, uh, bike tights and, like, a long underwear. shirt. it was so warm. Um, nutrition, I'm still figuring out for sure. 100 miles is a long time uh, or is a long distance, and you're on the bike for a long time. And, um, different than ski racing for sure. We never eat ski racing, even like in the Berkey, you know, like I would just take, um, sports drink feeds and Coke feeds, um, Mm -hmm. ski racing Mm -hmm. and bike racing is a whole different ballgame. So, um, certainly still learning it. I get pretty nauseous riding actually. I didn't, it's kind of weird. I, my stomach gets pretty upset. So, um, I eat a lot of gummies, which sounds really strange to some people, but like gummy worms seem to fit pretty well with me. Um, yeah, I know
0: a lot of people that eat, eat candy. Yeah,
3: those those yeah. Haibu... Um, yeah. um, gummy bears. The Gummy Bears are a popular one. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. Right. It's nice to have something that's kind of... Um, like the bears are kind of small. It's kind of hard to grab. I have really cold hands, so I have to wear pretty thick gloves So my dexterity. fairly poor, but any kind of gummy thing seems to work out pretty well. Um, the challenge, too, I've learned racing in Alaska, at least on fat bikes, is things freezing, and it wasn't a concern in White Mountains, but in the Susitna 100 this year, um, it was pretty cold, at least at the start of the race, like the first half. And so, a lot of stuff freezes, and, you know, you can break your teeth on certain Uh. types of food. So, I've been experimenting a lot. I mean, I, like, eat Oreos, and, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really found anything perfect. Um, It's basically, like, whatever will fit with me. Um, And I didn't eat
0: Talk to some of the. You have such good resources in Alaska that can that can help you there. Kevin Breitenbach was the race director of White Mountains. That guy yeah. is an encyclopedia of uh, of knowledge on that kind of stuff.
5: He's amazing. He's a really good guy. Um, I met him in the grass when he was racing the IPi. I flew up there to see my husband finish and met him. And yeah, he's he's great.
0: Yeah, the best.
3: Absolutely. So, what made you decide? Okay, so you start biking. And then all of a sudden you're in 60 and hundred milers. Like I've been biking for 10 years and the longest I've ever, I did like a hundred mile on the road once, you know, like, like I fat, I've been fat biking for three years and the longest I've ever been on a fat bike is 35 miles. Do they have
0: races that are shorter than a hundred miles? In all yeah. I mean,
3: or, or do you just yeah. have to do long races up there?
5: <laughs> no, that's a good question. I think, um, I mean, For sure, when I started, um, I guess I started, my first trio was probably in, like, 2012 or 2013. I can't remember exactly, but right around that time. And I did the 20-mile distance in that race, and that was a really soft year, and it took me a long time, and I was having a hard time riding because of um, tire pressure and stuff. Um, But I think I'm drawn to long races. I mean, the 20-mile distance was a good way to start because I was so new, um, but as a ski racer, I really excelled the most at distance races, which is why like the Berkey was a really good event for me. Um, I, I think that it kind of brings out the best in me. Like I, I kind of like being uncomfortable, I guess, in a weird sort of way. And, um, I, I think it's for whatever reason, like my physiology is kind of like suited to like just go lo- a long time, not especially like not super, super fast, but just to keep on going. Um, so I've known that about myself from sea racing. Um, and so I think I'm just drawn to long distances. And so for me, it was like do a 20 mile race and then the next year do the 40 mile trio and then, you know, go for the 60 mile, um, I guess, yeah, 60 mile trio and the 50 K you sit in a 100. So I just kind of did these like,
3: so you did build progress- yourself up. You built your way up yeah. to that. Yeah.
5: But then I mean the 60 mile trio was my longest ride longest ride or race, um, up until last year. And then this year I was like, okay, I'm going to do a hundred miler. And then I was really nervous before this. was set in a 100 because I hadn't ridden a hundred miles. So we did some, I think our longest ride was 80 miles. We rode out, um, on the, I did a retro limitational course from Deska landing out to Squintana, one of the kind of the first, one of the first checkpoints on that race. Um, rode out a little past flint and that was 80 miles or so and um and i realized that like i I was doing fine actually and i thought okay as long as i can just ride 100 miles i think i can race 100 miles because that's really there's not a whole lot of difference um and so i don't know it was a big jump from 60 to 100 but it was actually way more fun than i thought it would be (laughs) wow
0: yeah I, I, here's another thing that is so much, you're so much like Leia, it's like, you wrote you know in the Susitna 100 that you were psyched that you were able to stay with the men the the, the lead pack of men for the first 20 miles you know, nothing <laughs> yeah. Leia likes better than beating up on the boys
5: <laughs> I love it, we can be friends
3: <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, would you ever consider going back down to a race that's only twenty eight miles long. Because yeah, you know. um, yeah. the Berkey Biner has a fat bike race that's like the biggest one down here. And I I worked with the director and convinced her to have an all female wave, which will leave before the men's and we need more women that's to compete. Great. Yeah, okay. so you you know the trail. It's the same as, mm-hmm. as the ski trail, but we're, we're on our fat bikes. Yeah. So you yeah, should come I,
0: down. You just got to talk to Greg at Speedway and have him send you to Berkey.
3: Yeah, s- send him. <laughs> send you right down.
5: Yeah, I, um, I think my strength is in the longer races, especially because I think I'm not really like a good tactical rider or it's something I'm still trying to figure out. Um, I kind of just like put my head down and go. Um, but I think – Women race really differently than men. At least women who are ski racers race really differently. Um, and I think the same is true of a female cyclists. Um, I think men are a lot more into tactics, and women just like really like to make each other like put each other in a lot of pain, like just to go as hard as they possibly can. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just like it's just oh my God. <laughs> you're saying?
0: Le- says the same thing all the time. Does your- <laughs> You're preaching yeah. from Leia's Bible here. Oh my God! <laughs> I don't know if you guys would love each other or hate <laughs> each other. I don't know.
3: <laughs> so, let's see I how many that. people we can I blow up that. right from the start. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah, and then play all these games, and it drives me nuts. All and they
3: do is like, "Come on, guys! Fine, I'll pull yeah. this train." And- yeah. One thing about yeah.
0: Berkey is it's roadie tactics. It it is. It's yeah. You want to bring? You want to bring a group? If you possibly can, yeah. <laughs> you want to have some do, some domestiques to, that can pull for you. and Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah,
5: it would be a learning curve for me. I mean, I think that I would have to go in just um, not with super high expectations just because it's a different style of racing, but I'm sure I could learn a lot.
0: Oh, you'd right hold here. your own, I'm sure. Yeah, and, well. and back in the day anyway, Alaska used to send quite a squad down here. Uh, for, yeah, for I, the actually,
5: I remember that. I don't know what's been going on lately. It, well, I think Will Ross. Seems Will like Ross was there last year for sure. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: what's on your docket uh, for the rest of the year? Do you have any big races coming up?
5: Well, I'm kind of in a time of transition, um, and i am I, I, be honest—I'm—I like winter biking, bike racing more than any other season of racing. I like gravel riding. Um, I'm just getting over a cold. I missed two gravel rides, two gravel races the past like 10 days which is a bummer because i i like those but um winter bike or summer bike season is kind of weird for me um i'm a pretty bad mountain biker i just like my technical ability is certainly lacking um so i don't i don't do a ton of mountain bike races although i'm kind of looking forward to the soggy bottom, which is a hundred mile mountain bike race on the canada peninsula yes. um, and it goes over a couple of different passes Um, and I just like that because of the distance. Um, and it's, it's not super technical, which is good for me. Um, so that's kind of the main thing on the horizon. I'm actually starting a doctorate this summer, um, in public health. Oh, just that. So you're a little busy
0: maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just just starting a doctorate? Okay.
5: So I don't really, I'm just trying to figure out like how life is going to work with, with that.
0: Hey, that's, that's, that's where we're all at bike? No matter how much anybody says they think they know, that's the truth. We're all just trying yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> We're all just fumbling through life.
3: We're all just trying to figure out how we can ride more. Yeah. <laughs> like build everything exactly. around that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, so I'm curious, what's your fat bike?
0: Oh, dude, I was just going to oh. go there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what she's rocking.
5: I ride a fat bike. It's an older Corvus. Um, actually a, a craigslist craigslist find it was pretty sweet i i really like it it was a huge upgrade from what i used to ride um and yeah i don't i mean it's it's a great bike i'm really really happy with it it's, it's pretty darn light my husband has a matching bike which is kind of funny
0: nice um, i do that I, sometimes I actually, you have you have i i ride a corvus as well so there you yeah
5: go. they're they're the best <laughs>
0: absolutely well cool but
5: i'm Alaska kid
0: too. So. and are you sponsored by anybody other than than Greg at Speedway? Do you have any other any have, sponsors I'm that by you Greg wanna? At I
5: have no sponsors. Um, I'm sponsored by my job. Um, yeah. so. are you looking for I mean, an
0: agent? Because Spinner, you know, he dabbles <laughs> yeah. in the sports agency work. <laughs> yeah. he could probably get you. Uh, I can get you, you a free
5: know.
1: big fat dummy to ride. Cargo fat bike. I'll steal. Uh, I'll steal, baby. You might stick with stealing. I'm, the I'm up there, kind maybe.
5: of. A, I was did the professional athlete thing, you know, this year, and so this is just. It basically took me ten years to kind of just want to be a racer again, you know. So this is just in the past couple of years have I been interested in.
0: Well, in forget racing. all that sponsorship stuff. You should do it for fun and fulfillment,
5: right?
0: You know, then – and all the, I'll get all the sponsors. <laughs> I think, I
2: think Which is, fun. if you
0: knew me better, it would be funnier. Because <laughs> I'm not a racer
5: at all. <laughs> well, I think you ride a lot of bikes, though.
0: Yeah, I I do ride. Yeah, I like bikes. That's what I like to say. My name is Gomez. I like bikes. <laughs> so, anybody else have any? Oh, I think you have a question for... For Tesla, let me ask you a question because we've put a lot of pressure on you during this show, Leah. Kay. I'll ask. So, when you were a kid, did you have a <laughs> polar bear as a pet, and did you walk them on a gold chain? Because <laughs> that's what I'm into: polar bears on so gold chains.
5: No polar bears. Um, I don't think I had any really interesting pets.
0: Because they all Not got real. eaten by bears. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of bears. Dessert. but we have black bears and brown bears. I would love to see a polar bear, although they totally scare me because they they stop. So they're right. a scary bear. Mm.
0: Yeah, they see they see us as a snack.
1: Do you have to yeah. wear a bell on your bike when you ride in the woods up there?
5: Um, <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't want to get like too political here because there's a lot of. A lot of people have a lot of different opinions about their safety. It's all right. You can talk
0: about what kind of gun you carry.
5: (laughs) I don't don't ride with the bell. I I mean, I will if a race requires it, and some do, um, and some require bear spray. But I just try to keep my eyes and ears open, um, so I don't really do the bell thing. Um, I don't necessarily think it works, to be honest. Like. She just needs any. to be faster
3: than the closest dude. Yeah. There's an old joke. <laughs> well, it's
0: like, how do you tell the difference between a black bear attack or black bear scat and grizzly bear scat and black bear scat has like blackberries and barnacles and whatnot in it and grizzly bear scat has people pepper arms. spray and bear bells <laughs> and Bear bells. Well oh, the reason God. I
1: ask is single speed worlds was up there a few, year, few years ago and I raced that and we were told to ride uh-huh. with bells on and maybe for, yeah. a lot of, for people who have never rode there before um, we're like oh yeah like, now I'm safe. You put your <laughs> <remote>. <laughs> We were oh, all nipples. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying I just got lucky riding not get and being drunk in the woods and Alaska for the bell yeah, as my only protection.
5: I mean, <laughs> it makes me feel better. That's a huge part of it. I it think. did
1: because I didn't know.
5: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I don't know. I think it's better for like knowing where other people are on the race course. I don't really think it helps your bears, but that's just my personal opinion. Okay. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Lots All right, well, you're about. from Alaska, so you know a lot more about it. Ask us about do you have a TV registered now? Holsteins, <laughs> <laughs> and we know about dairy cows, okay? Are you going to send her pictures of your video? You want her to be able to watch your video? Yeah. yeah, do you have a TV now?
5: I do. Um, No, I actually don't have a television, but, like, I watch TV on my computer just streaming it. So oh, I'm gotcha. a little bit... Uh,
0: there you go. Way to be version. technologically yeah. in front of... I know all of your parents and whatnot. You know, I'm just saying because i 'cause I'm I'm watching T V wrong again. I'm doing I'm doing it wrong. I should be doing My parents it like you're have doing it.
5: Although they have a television notes, like actual T V on it, but they like watch, you know, they'll stream stuff. So yeah. they Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. Got so to, how can people
3: your- find you on social media if they want to follow uh, follow you, you know, in your endeavors and the racing and whatnot?
5: I I do not have a very big social media presence, but um, I am on Instagram. Um, What's your uh, code there? Chaz uh, Manix, um, and I'm on Facebook as well. Just um,
0: Tinsley and present. I are recent Facebook friends.
5: <laughs> we are our
0: that's friend, How
5: I know you. Like them.
0: Our friendiversary is, is that how uh, you found her? Uh, no, I found her from uh, from reading race reports and winners, mm, the winners. <laughs> Man, who yes, is this, the winner, who is
2: this person? He <laughs> just keeps name. winning everything.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and came very close to setting the women's record in the White Mountains, right?
5: Yeah, I was. I actually had my eye on it. My husband would tell you if he was on this call that I am a pretty competitive person, and it's true. Um, and I, I knew what the record was and I was watching my watch and the last, uh, like 10 miles or so, the course really broke down and I was like so bummed because I was fairly close. So, but it's good. It's like inspiration for the future to go back and see if I can shave a little time off.
0: Right on. Well, there's there's an actual rumor that uh, I will be at next year's White Mountains 100, not to compete, but to uh, hand out frozen gnomes to people at one of the checkpoints.
5: <laughs> That's so great! I love it. There are some great checkpoints. You should go up there. They're like spectacular. The scenery is amazing. So I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, I have I have, I have lots of of. Friends there that I've met in other bike events, and they're always like,
5: "Oh, you always go to
0: Anchorage, but you don't go to, you don't go to uh, the White Mountains Fair, to Fairbanks. <laughs> you need to come to Fairbanks. You can." And what? I'm like, "Okay, do you have polar bears on gold chains, or can I ride a <laughs> muskox?" And they're always like, "They say yes a little bit too quickly."
5: I'm a Riding a muskox probably
0: could be arranged, but they tried pretty hard. Yeah, there you go. Well, they smell. They smell bad. That's
1: that's that's what I'm like. You you guys will get along.
0: (laughs) 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 Exactly. Oh well, I'm glad that Leia now has like a best friend in Alaska. Yeah, me
3: too. This great. I'm coming. Okay. Right. I'm not going to do 100 miles, but Leia's really small. I'll I like could... cheer you on for maybe 30 of them. I can
0: probably put her in some of my check baggage when I come. Yeah,
5: she's fit. No, no, you should do it. 100 miles. It's oh not. God. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not. As... <laughs> you surprise yourself.
0: I don't know. She's she's got some. I thought you were all being I'm, all ultramarathon. I'm trying to sure. work
3: on endurance, but man, it's it's hard. I just want to go <laughs>
0: fast. I know you're getting there for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, thanks for coming on the show and uh, being such a delight. We really appreciate it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Thank thank you you. so much.
5: I'm honored for sure. I I feel like kind of a small town. You are now a
3: celebrity (laughs) to the five (laughs) listeners that we have. We have five and a half.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks
0: again.
3: Who me?
1: probably saying what the hell did I just get into
0: <laughs> who's that Gomez guy and why is he so weird and she lives
1: in Alaska away from everybody and you just outed her Instagram <laughs> I don't know if she wanted to do that she's probably find.
3: well fuck people want to follow her I, mean, I,
0: want to, I want to know
3: how she does in her races right
0: actually you can't win you know, races like, and
3: not have fan club
0: yeah exactly right. okay. Okay. and that's why you know PO Box 747, Madison, Wisconsin. Join the Leia Rollins fan club. You know, oh, she just gave house? me. She just gave me the. <laughs>
2: Fuck you, Gomez. Look.
0: Yep. Man,
3: you lose thirty pounds, and all of a sudden you got tons of energy. All of a sudden, I'm you fucking sassy. snap, snap, yeah. snazzy, fucking yeah. sassy town, dude.
0: Yeah. Well, Speaking of sassy tone, <laughs> this is a little segment of the show we like to call Current Affairs. Ooh. Leah, would you like to listen? We were recording that all.
1: <laughs> It was on there. <laughs> Your mailbox. Now you, here you go. <laughs> uh sorry. Fan mail love letters, the P.O. boxes
0: find me at I'll dot com. Would you like the list for our five and a half listeners? The uh, the list of races that you've won between oh, our God. last show and well, this
3: show? Mike was on and we were talking about the Battle of Camrock, which was in which is in the Wisconsin Off Road series.
0: Won that sucker.
3: Yeah, I won that sucker uh, for the third time. Yo, but pretty stressful mm-hmm. was going the third in. Time
0: a charm. It was a charm. Did they give you a tiara?
3: No, what but they gave me a thousand dollar check. Whoa! Whoa! Another big
1: check for Leah.
3: That's why dinner was on me. Damn. Thank yeah. you. For that, Thank by you. The
1: way. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was good. I thought you said your clients bought us that. We <laughs> We had. We had <laughs> you stole stuff. Man. We had
0: dinner before the show. You had a thousand dollar check at a car. miniature <laughs> golf place. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, give him a plug.
3: Yeah, at Vitans Golf Land in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Definitely check it out on date night. Yeah.
0: Date night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure we didn't, to score. We didn't play any golf. <laughs> But, but we did have some pretty good food.
3: Spinner's checking his Tinder dates so he can set some up for yeah. tense now.
1: <laughs> yeah. you probably get instantly unmatched. <laughs> Do you like the mini golf? No. Give <laughs> the girls a disc left. golf, man. No, I've always, you always you see it from the belt line. I always wonder about that place. I'm, I was glad we checked it out. and It was now. really good, and it's really close to my work. So. And now I've peed there. Oh, you got one up on me. So, so anything else in
0: current affairs on the uh, under um, layers, under the L? Okay, uh, definitely
3: you guys need to make a trip out to Colorado to ride trails out there. We went to Grand Junction, which is like northeast uh, Colorado, and they had some
0: oh close to Fruta, right? Everybody yeah, it's Fruto. like fifteen minutes it's, it's, from it's Fruta, far western edge. And then we were Colorado going to Plateau.
3: go. We were going to stay in Colorado and ride at altitude, but it's still snowing. And it like was snowing while we were
0: there. And okay, well, now what are we going to do? Yeah. How did that RV work on, on Loveland Pass? <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, fortunately, we were already in Grand Junction uh, by the time that storm started gotcha. coming down. And then we're like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, f- Moab's only an hour away. So we just (laughs) went to Utah. Mm -hmm. Oh, darn. We had to go to Moab as our second choice. Oh, man. That place was, it is the Mecca. I mean, you have never seen so many adventure vehicles with bikes on the back and just like people popping a squat and they had all this uh, BLM land
0: that's free. My first trip trip to Moab mountain biking was in 1988. Oh, man. uh, It was was a Tiny little mining town at that point, and they, have, you know, it's a gateway to a lot of national parks. But uh, it was pretty cool. Oh God, was it? Now it's I, like pilgrimage to the Mecca.
1: Seriously, huh? was it Easter weekend or not?
0: Because there's an Easter
1: Jeep Safari in Moab. That's I did a month. I don't trip. know what and weekend it was. It was. Cool no, it was, it was like it last been weekend. Packed with jeeps, if you would have seen it, okay.
3: But there were tons of jeeps. And they would go up the Slick Rock, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they drive up and they kind of hang out and take videos play, and then go down. Play reggae music, <laughs> but yeah, hit some trails there and then headed back to um, Buffalo or no to Gunnison mm-hmm. oh, uh, for yeah. the Growler. There was a Growler race there, thirty-five mm-hmm. uh, miler. Man, eight thousand feet altitude. That's gonna make all the liquids just come right out. I I think I had like 836 p stops trying to acclimate to this thing is like, what? Um, Yeah. And then actually we made it to Buffalo Creek, uh, which is kind of near Denver. And there was a section of the Colorado trail that I got to jump on for a minute and I'm going back. Like I want to do a huge Epic Oh, Colorado really? Trail ride is like 400 miles. It's going
1: to be more than 30 miles than you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah,
3: we're, we're like we'll do one where we'll we'll drive the car to one, you know, one spot and then start the other and then just bike to it. But it was it's wonderful there. So yeah, definitely need to hit Colorado. And then there was the Battle of Camrock. Next week is the Bora Epic. The right. Bora Epic up right. in the Shawangunk National Forest, which is some of the sweetest trails ever. Uh, so how that's this that? Saturday. Super excited about that one.
0: How long is your, uh, is your elite level race at, at the Bora Epic? Is it 37? 35, 30, something 35? like that, yeah. Oh,
3: mm-hmm. But it goes by really fast because there's not a ton of climbing. It's more
0: momentum. But they take you on all the classic trails too, right?
3: All the flow. Yeah. Mm. Yep, super flow all day. So it goes by real fast. Nice. nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Spinner, oh. anything on, on your schedule? Anything um, you want to talk? Well, about? Well, I was
1: also a Camroc, but I volunteered. Somebody needs to put on this race, so nice. somebody needs to give.
0: <laughs> Love you, you guys. The, uh, you're, thank you. You were in charge of like yelling Believe out me, all compliments. My posts and all the spots. You're really nice, <laughs> really
2: nice today. Really nice today.
1: Uh, yeah, and that went off pretty good. There's always a problem. I think it takes uh, they're used to like hundred volunteers to put that race on for like a thousand racers. So, um, I don't know. It seemed to run well. It was. Perfect. Yeah, It
3: was a it beautiful was day. The, yeah, it was the best race of the year. Yeah. And it was a party. There was a band.
0: Oh, I forgot to ask Teslina about the party at the Talkeetna because Talkeetna is just supposed to have the bitchinest party. With no TVs? <laughs> 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 no music? What they get? <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I don't know
1: <laughs> hey they they have bear bells,
0: <laughs> they have bear bells, that's probably what it is, yeah, instead of the
1: cowbells, they have bear bells its in the corner, yeah, no, but uh, this Thursday, so I do a monthly enduro series down in Platteville, Dubuque area, and then we're gonna do a trail dog enduro where you race with your dog, usually, the enduros are a team format where you just. I'd pick people and throw them on a team. But this time, it's going to have to be a time trial, I think, because you don't want dogs racing and yeah. running against each other. So um, it'll be a short track, but it's going to be fun. I mean, I think we will. Little, um, I don't know if we have any Burmese mountain dogs.
0: Yeah, of- dude, you know, like my dog <laughs> is like fat and slow, just like me. It's true. Your dog is <laughs> just like you. But my dog's pretty cute, yeah? and I'm yeah. not that. Would he do a lap? <laughs> Would he do a um, lap out there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Big dog, probably He's... bad bones. You don't want him. You don't want to have to end up
0: like. <laughs> Britney's Mountain Dogs, when they get pissed off, they don't, like, run away and, like, yip or anything. They just lay down and are like, fuck you, I'm not I'm moving. I'm done. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> like, carry me. You thought you were so fucking smart. Carry me. Isn't that, like, Leia's race? What is that? I saw a video of you. Leia, you okay?
2: I'm dead. I'm I need food. Help was, me. Yeah, what race that was, was that? The
1: bear, that was my attempt at 100 miles. <laughs> and it didn't end very well at all. You have Burmese mountain dog syndrome in the side of the trail. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. You just threw your bike down no, and laid there. My I, just, dog I, would just, do it. I just
3: let the bike roll <laughs> away.
1: <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> no, we got like a lot of... There, I don't, There's not a lot of big dogs. There's a poodle, um, some mountain curs. Um, there's going to be some little dogs too. Um, a lot of cattle dogs too. Not yeah. a lot, but... So yeah, it's going to be interesting. I should take a lot of pictures. I'll we'll post,
0: post them out there. All right. That... Your your picture for your Facebook event was it drew my attention and so kick-ass. So check that out. Maybe we'll put we'll put the link in the show notes for that race, which will happen the day before this show actually publishes. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Suck on that, five and a half
0: listeners. <laughs> oh now we're down Suck to five. Else. We're back down to five. <laughs> back down to five. The half a listener was like, Thank you could <laughs> Stop his feet. Well, <laughs> this show has gotten to the dogs. Uh, I have a couple of things on my list that my friend Chris Daisy insisted on running a bike rodeo, and it's the same weekend as two twenty-four 24-hour races, et cetera, which I know you will all comment, but it's on January. January. What not, were you thinking? That's July, that's July to, would, 28, dude, have, 24,
3: that. my man. <laughs> wow. How many hours? I'm just gonna do a couple extra hours. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? What's four more? 28. 28, But that sounds
1: like something from somebody Illinois would do. I'm like, hey, Wisconsin's having a good weekend. Watch me fuck this. up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Chris actually lives on the DMZ like I did for years. You know the DMZ, the demilitarized zone. You know the 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 58th parallel in Korea. That's the border between Wisconsin and Illinois.
1: And on the border. Fibs
0: on one side and cheeseheads on the other. That's all they call us? We call them fibs and they call us cheeseheads? I know. It doesn't really seem fair, <laughs> no, but we'll that's, take that. until, that's <laughs> until you meet somebody from Arlington Heights. <laughs> And they talk to you for two and a half hours about cheese curds. Oh, my God. These things are so fucking good.
1: (laughs) Now we're down to three
0: listeners. (laughs) They're good, though. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, you got the bike rodeo July 28th. And then you're going to get tired of hearing this Funduroween October 19th. That's a costume party that's down there on the DMZ. And... Uh, another weird thing happened is we have a, ba- a bag, a bike bag in the test that got recalled. Revelate Designs Terrapin 14 liter bag actually got recalled. So we're going to have to send back our bag and have these two clips replaced. And then they're going to send it back and we will continue to test that. Fantastic. Hmm. And then the Tigre in the room, the tiger in the room. What we is it? it. <laughs> What's the saying? The elephant's elephant in the room. <laughs> I did
1: not know where you were trying to go with that.
0: I'm surprised you pulled that out. <laughs> the duck-billed platypus in the room is... This is show 146, people, so do the math. It's not very long till it's show 150. 50. What is that in Spanish? Uh... I, I
1: don't know. You
4: said Spanish. All the he even time. tried.
0: That's what's funny. I know. It's like I don't know hundred. <laughs> no. Cien. Cien. See, She knows. Uh, okay. See the one is you always have to watch. Cien that.
3: Cinquenta or something.
0: Ooh. Okay. One fifty. It is. She don't probably, check. Don't she
3: probably just, fact check me on she probably that. Probably
1: just said it. She called a buck and a half. <laughs> buck and a half, show.
0: <laughs> so. What are you going to talk about? Our party. Well, already. Leia was. Dumb enough to say, oh yeah, we could have a listener <laughs> appreciation thing here. We can put them right in here and have the show right here. So, yeah, we're going to be talking to you about this. We're going to be inviting people. We're going to hand out golden tickets to VIPs who are actually going to be able to, I don't know, get punched in the gut by Leia or something. Mm-hmm. We'll come up with a better idea than that. We'll
3: have it'll instead of like the <laughs> the kissing booth. It'll be like the punch in the gut booth. No, it would be like.
0: We should, we talked about it. we we what if we like paid, everybody
3: sp- paid 10 bucks for me to run over
0: them with my bike? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> would that be awesome? We <laughs> could hold it, we could hold it in camera and you could, we could all start at the bottom and one by one, you could just beat everybody up that hill.
1: It's like, you know, who's next? <laughs> Maybe we should race another podcast on that show.
0: Oh. And that's something that oh. isn't written down, but we talked about, which is we have, we have, three podcasts now and you know I'm I'm one of the other ones so I can't race myself Mm. but there is a podcast that's called the Full Spectrum Cycling Podcast who happens to have three members and we have three three members three
1: shirts and skins (laughs) Uh
0: (laughs) so what I propose is a team enduro format where we race for a set amount of time we pick something you know not horribly painful or that we can't do on a weeknight because, you know, Leia's got to train. <laughs> so we say, like, a couple hours, we get on a short course, and we do laps. And, every you know, everybody on the team has to do one at least one lap, you know, so Spinner and I do one lap. And then Leia is just going to lay down <laughs> the smack on the full-spectrum cycling podcast. Regular crew, no no ringers in here. So is this we, the challenge, they're <laughs> gonna, they're gonna hear us on Friday. And say, son of a
1: bitch, they just called us out. You
0: you, you threw the gauntlet down. <laughs> yeah, kettle moraine, brown loops till we puke. Oh yeah, <laughs> all day long. Oh, all right, okay. yeah, all right, I'm in. And like a weeknight.
2: Yeah, somewhere, somewhere,
0: somewhere where it's like light late. So soon, soon we come for you. We pick you up. We throw you in van. We You're take you down. There. We take you out. And then we spit on your
2: grave. I'm
0: not going to go that far. But all right, our show this evening <laughs> has been brought to you <laughs> by our friends at Portland Design Works. Portland Design Works celebrating their ten year anniversary. Check out the Lucky Cat bottle cage at
1: ridepdw.com.
3: Check us out on Instagram at fatbike.com.
1: Till then, sweet dreams, bitches. Crank it. Hide us,
3: hide our
2: hide, it, hide
1: us. He's trying to shut us off. Oh, yeah. That was a good part of the last show. Oh, yeah.